Welcome back to Before the Common Era, a new time, old time, anytime podcast for the new era, the old era, but not the common era. Yep. Because this is Before the Common Era. Before the Common Era. Fun stuff. Mm. We are your hosts, Brandon Davis, Casey Lamb, Eric Larson. And this is our podcast where we have a fun little hat full of topics that we will discuss for about 15, 20 minutes or so, and then we will take a trip on over to Gavin's Corner, and then once back from there, we'll start our segments. So let's jump right into it. Yeah, all right. All right. How are you guys doing today? Doing pretty I'm good. All right. Good. Um, all right. So we got the hat. Casey's turn to draw. My yeah. turn to draw. Yeah. A little shiggy for him. All righty. All righty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, give Ooh, me a little bit of mixing. A little bit of mixing. Yeah. Yeah, that big one. It's... <gasps> Is it tell us about it, Eric? It's history, history of like Eric's choice. Oh man! So I get to pick. You get something to pick and tell us the history of it. Tell you the history of something. Yep. Yes. All right. So last night, as we were talking about things that we could podcast about, I had an epiphany. An epiphany? Yes, because I've been dreading this po- uh, this topic for a while because I realized that I don't know the history of much stuff. Okay. But I know the history of one thing. Okay. Now. Because of a class that I'm in, I know, maybe not the entire history, but I know quite a little, a lot about Victorian era surgery. Perfect. That is a very dark topic to know yes, a lot about. Yes, it is. Perfect. Very scary. Because I have some thoughts about Victorian era Let's get into surgery. it. Fantastic. Tell awesome. us about it. I mean, tell us the history it. of it. Sorry. Don't want to mix well, up our topic. So, my knowledge kind of starts... As it's already going. Mm. Um, and I think a good place to start with Victorian age surgery is the um, the theaters that they had. The anatomy theaters that mm. they had. Where the public could come and watch. Yes. <laughs> yes. So these, these theaters were insane. They had these tables just in the middle of the, these circular rooms where the seating it was like bleacher seating in a, in a half circle. And you know... Um, right up at the front would be like students and other uh, doctors witnessing and stuff, and then the rest of it was just general admission. People. Anybody they could pay to get in, and like they were literally theaters. Yeah, it, anatomy theaters are what they were called, and they were also called gateways to death. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that one because they're horrifying. Um, I wish I had my little thing with me. I have a bunch of stuff written down about them. Um, but my goodness, they were horrific. Uh, the tables were never cleaned. Um, the doctor's hands were hardly ever washed. The aprons that the doctors wore were not washed. And um, it was horrific. Uh, people were much closer than they, than they should have been. And a lot of the time would get splattered with blood and all sorts of bodily fluid and all sorts of stuff. Anatomy theaters, I think, is a beautiful place to start in this okay. topic. Yes. So, they're horrifying. Uh, it's just... I don't know. It's just a weird thing that it's like, oh, let's go down to the anatomy theater and catch a, catch a, you know, freaking... Um, um, so, you said that, gateways to death, and mm-hmm. that immediately triggered my memory of... There's a story of one such surgeon in the 
who is it robert liston it is robert it's liston. robert liston the 300 percent mortality rate yes which yeah he's terrifying <laughs> that's one surgery and i know exactly what it is do you want me to tell you about it tell us about the 300 percent mortality rate 300 percent mortality Ro- let me start robert liston is a psycho this guy was insane <laughs> he's known as the world the fastest surgery in the west end the town in the west end yes um this guy is nuts he could get through a leg in six swipes of the saw. That's nuts, okay? Six swipes of a bone saw through a leg. Put that guy on a tree. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, he would do that. Um, he, the People were quoted as saying if somebody went to one of his surgeries and blinked their eyes, they might miss the surgery. Wow. Yes, he was that fast. Um, he had brutish strength, and he was 6'1", which at the time, most guys were 5'8", five, 5'10". Five, so he was significantly Massive. taller and he was a big, big, scary figure, right? And he's very famous. Um, later on, Robert Liston would go on to be one of the first people to use ether, uh, which is a form of... Um, anesthetic? Anesthetic inside of a surgery. But uh, this 300% mortality rate that he had... So what did they use before? They didn't. Nothing. They just they strapped him down. Hmm. Yeah. The belt they, had, they had a couple okay. people holding him down, belts, and they would just go for it nuts right yeah um he said this he did um but so this thing was is he was doing surgery on somebody and he was so quick that within this he sawed through whatever i can't remember i think it was a leg that he was cutting through he sawed through that sawed through the fingers cut off three fingers of his assistant and as he was changing blades cut somebody's coat that was in the audience and they were so scared that they died (laughs) the audience member died out of sheer fear the surgery went okay though but the assistant and the person that was being operated on later died from gangrene giving him a 300% mortality rate he closed it up it was was gone yeah the surgery was fine for then but later they died from gangrene that's insane. But can you imagine being so scared <laughs> that you had that a heart you attack? Die. <laughs> Little fun fact about Robert Liston: uh, he created his own knife. It's called the Liston knife. It's 14 inches long, and it the top is extremely sharp, and the bottom is a little bit more robust. It's really good for cutting, and it bends, so he can cut through all sorts of muscle and bone at the same time. Fun fact: later became the weapon of choice of Jack the Ripper. Because it was so good at cutting through stomach. What was the catchphrase? The catchphrase was, time me, gentlemen, time me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As he holds the knife up. Yes. Time me, gentlemen. As he brandishes his knife. Time me. There's another one. Um, when he first used the, the ether in his operation, it was a very big thing. Um, he walked forward and he explained what he was going to do. And he goes, we're going to give it the old Yankee try. <laughs> mm-hmm. Kind of an interesting thing. Yeah. Fun fact about ether and uh, anesthetic. It was first used in dentistry, where somebody uh, had a tumor removed on their jaw. Huh. That was the first time it was successful. And then that surgery that Robert Liston did was the first successful surgery using an anesthetic. So I fantastic. know less about surgery, more about autopsies and the profession of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know about horrific. these guys. Autopsies in the Victorian era were the worst. Yeah, because it was kind of very. It was also very theatrical. They wrote their descriptions were not helpful at all. No. They were very dramatized. Um, King Charles of Spain is widely regarded as having one of the weirdest um, descriptions autopsies. in his autopsies yeah. because he was Terrible. this. He was a. He was a very inbred king. 
and the physician who put his autop who did his autopsy wrote he did not contain a single drop of blood his heart was the size of a peppercorn his lungs corroded his intestines rotten and gangrious he had a single testicle black as coal and his head was full of water yeah, not helpful at all. Helpful but at, at all. the same time, <laughs> there is some helpful information there. It tells us that he probably had encephalitis. But it doesn't probably, tell yeah. us that. It doesn't. It's how does he have no blood in his body? It probably means that he was improperly prepared yes. for his autopsy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, absolutely horrific. And then I know the history of um, undertaking going oh, from wow. the Victorian era yeah, into... Yeah, I have no idea about that. I know that because the of the movie. Civil War. I did it because I'm playing an Undertaker right now. You are? Yeah. And um, they did... Um, what's the thing they pumped in their bodies? Formaldehyde. Formaldehyde. Mm-hmm. It was invented for the Civil War. We both knew that very well. Yeah. Which is in the Victorian era. So. Stinks. Yeah, because so. of the cross. Yeah. I it's mean, right. it's even... It's, it's weird. the Victorian yeah. era. So... But I know about that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, famous not me for these guys. I'm just trying to say. No, yeah. You know stuff. But famous for the Victorian is the body snatchers. The yes. Snatchers. Um, Can I say yes. something interesting about the body snatchers? Body snatchers were often hired by, by med students. Yes. And med students. Yeah. They would send them out into the night and go, I need bodies. Because they could only buy criminals. Yes. After and a certain amount of time. Yeah. Been executed. And, and, was the, and that's they, when the... they didn't want to do that because most of those criminals... And I mean, it, it helped... Because a lot of the time those criminals had some sort of disease. Eventually, there was a law passed, I think it was in Scotland, because there was a big college in Edinburgh that yeah. did a really a lot of really good stuff. But there was a law passed in Scotland that made it so they could take the bodies of unclaimed poor people. They, yeah. Yes. That were just dead but on they the street. Also, that also spurred the Burke and Hare murders. Yeah. Do you know about Burke and Hare? Burke and Hare were so. two, two guys. I <gasps> Oh, wait. Yeah, yes. it was two guys and one of them and, turned the other one in. Yes, at yes. the end. But there were two guys that were going, that were killing people and giving them to yes. the mm-hmm. place for money. Simon Pegg's in a movie with, um, play Gollum. Is it Gene Hackman? No. No. Oh. no. Not Gene Hackman, and it's, it's, it's uh, not Andy Serkis. Andy Serkis. Andy Serkis. Andy Serkis. Um, which one does Gene Andy Serkis play? Does he play Burke? Caesar. Yes. Because so. Burke went on to found an under, was one of the first funeral homes. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Um, but these body snatchers were really, really crazy. And so then eventually they, sorry, as I was saying, they could take the poor bodies that were unclaimed, which was really, really good because we learned a lot about diseases that way because they didn't, those poor bodies and those poor people had a lot of diseases. They were, they died on the street. Yeah. Yeah. So another fun fact. Yes. The Burke and Hare, um, murders mate, uh, after that they passed another act that prevented it from Is that what it is? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So another thing about on the Victoria story. era, uh, the hospitals. They were called houses of death. Oh, yeah. They yeah. killed you a lot. There's a quote um, in a book that I've been reading about it that says, a soldier that was shot on the battlefield had a better chance of surviving than somebody with who went to a hospital. Wow. Yeah. That's... Shot on the battlefield is like a death sentence. Being no. in a hospital is even worse. At the time... Of um, the Victorian era and up into the Civil War, usually it wasn't like bullet. I mean, bullet wounds killed the majority or of soldiers, but like there were a lot of sickness. Sicknesses was also a big yeah. problem. For sickness soldiers. was a big one. Yeah, syphilis, but like also sickness in. Yeah, no, it's big. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. It's a big one. Big huge one. That was a big problem during the Victorian yeah. age. And uh, it's a lot of soldiers were killed by sickness. Back to the Civil War, 
isn't Victorian era. I don't know why I keep bringing it, it up. Actually, the number one is. She reigned from 1862 to death in the Civil War was diarrhea. Well, yeah. one of the top deaths. Dysentery, right? Or dysentery, yeah. yeah. It was a huge thing. They actually, they actually um, had like an unwritten rule that you're not, that you weren't supposed to shoot a soldier if you saw him um, in the woods. woods. Yep. Uh, I didn't know that. There's a really big thing. Uh, this book that I'm reading is about one guy and how he kind of revolutionized um, the Victorian age surgery mm-hmm. and how he did a lot of work with microscopes and stuff. Huh. Um, but this guy was really interesting. There was a general, or not a general, there was a a medic within the army that was promised to, to like really, really good. And he was a very promising surgeon, young guy, but he was doing really, really good. And he died from diarrhea. Hmm. Yeah. Have you seen uh, a young doctor's notebook? Mm-mm. It is a. Um, it is, is that a, Neil Patrick Harris? No, no. Dark com- uh, dark comedy series set in um, Russia during this time period about a doctor played by um, Daniel Radcliffe. Okay. It's about an old doctor played is that the by one with John Hamm. Yeah, John Hamm is an old doctor reading back his journals of a younger time when he was Daniel Radcliffe. Oh, cool. It is really good, and it also has some fun little things about doctor stuff there's a lot of stuff in there about being a doctor at the time yeah um i don't know if morphine addiction if, if they ever talked about morphine addiction because morphine came around came around at this time mm-hmm. i don't know if it will because he's if he revolutionized it he probably didn't get addicted to morphine he didn't but there were but i'm pretty sure a bit of morphine addiction was a pretty big problem at the time it was and um Opioid syphilis was also syphilis like you said was a huge it was huge problem going on and gangrene within hospitals yes so there's a big thing in hospitals at the same time and within the kind of uh doctor culture i guess within the medical Europe field mm-hmm. the medical field yes thank you um of contagionists versus anti-contagionists and people being like this is a contagious like air thing versus like that's not how it works mm-hmm. of like this is in hmm. the air and stuff was a big huge thing for a long yeah, time. Yeah, that was um, a lot of people. Uh, there's been this discussion recently. I don't know if they solved it, or, like decided, but there's been a discussion recently that the bubonic plague was may have been misdiagnosed. That it may have been not connected with rats, but also in the air. Yeah, not just rats in the oh. air. So it might not have been that just makes bubonic. A little bit more sense. Yeah, because it was so such yeah. a thing. Which is I can't remember what breathing is. Uh, that's uh, um, aerosol. Yeah, aerosolized. Yeah. yeah crazy though yeah yeah um and there's uh that's still it's still before i'm kind of dancing around your victorian, victorian. thing victorian plague doctors was an interesting thing before yeah which because there was a lot of problems with people just basically lying and just starting up their own like mm-hmm. Practice. like practices or like um, apothecaries or whatever and just being like this will cure your thing mm-hmm and I don't know if that was a problem in the Victorian age, but certainly in the medieval age, it was a big problem. From what I've read, it wasn't as much of a problem. Yeah. There was a big thing where... Or, um, yeah. Not necessarily the medieval age, but the time of the plague. Yeah. Just some guys being like, yeah. Yeah. There's there's just a big thing of like, these doctors would, you know... Because the colleges it, had already been established by that point. UCL was, yeah, around then. It was 1852 or something mm-hmm. um, when, that was, when UCL was a big thing. And that like changed everything. Um, but there was a big thing and it, it states this over and over again in this book is surviving the surgery was one thing, but recovering in a hospital was another Mm. because you had to deal with all the sickness and everything. And there were the top wings of the hospital, you know, they would, they were starting in Edinburgh at least to build these multi-tiered hospitals where the top wings were for people that were horrifically sick and had these contagion diseases that would get airborne. And then further down was, you know, 
less and less prevalent. But then the the operating theater is in the very very top. Oh, I didn't I didn't know that that's how it was organized. Mm-hmm. The operating theater was very, at the very top, top floor. Yep. It's 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 interesting. They tell a story about a guy that was stabbed outside of the uh, um, outside of the hospital, and they brought him in and they carried him up four flights of stairs so they could operate on him. Wow. Yeah. But carried him up four flights of stairs before they could ever even get a knife on him. You know? He died, didn't he? I don't know. I think he made it actually. No, I really think he did. Really? Uh, yeah. There was two very very uh, skilled surgeons. One of them was called Sai or something. Sai. He was known as the Napoleon of surgery. He was very, very short, and he was short-tempered and meek. But he was really good, and he was a Scotsman, so he's like, just like, just flat, Let's get you know? it done. Yeah, get it done. And he had this guy named um, Joseph Lister, who was his like right-hand man, and they they did some really crazy, crazy stuff. Um, it actually talks about just one more quick story for you. Uh, there was this there's this uh, woman who had an abusive husband, you know as most of them were back at that time. Yeah. It was a big, huge thing. And, 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 you know, a lot got passed later because of this actually, um, is he was a drinker and all of this stuff. And he would get in his head thinking that she was cheating on him and she wasn't. Um, and so one night he came home and found her, you know, just at home, not doing anything. And he stabbed her ah. in the stomach. Ah. Yeah. Uh, stabbed her in the stomach and, you know, ran away. And then a cop found her. And witnessed the whole thing actually, um, and he took the cop took her to the hospital, and it was one in the morning, and this this surgeon Joseph Lister um, went in and fixed everything, and he did a thing that wasn't common for the time, because normally with a stomach wound or like a, a big severe wound like that, they would use a hot knife mm-hmm. and sear it shut, but Cauterized instead, instead, he just sutured sewed her up. And she survived and recovered two months later, in which she testified in her own husband's death, mm-hmm. testified against him. And the surgeon testified against him and described everything about the wound. He went, this is how I can tell that he stabbed her, this and this and this. You can see here, like blah, blah, blah. And he was convicted. And, and, and wow. Uh, yeah, executed for it. Crazy. That is really cool, though. Yeah. yeah. Victorian yeah. age surgery is really, really fascinating. And the part that I'm looking at... One more thing. The part that I'm looking at, they learned a ton. When microscopes first came out, they were known as a gentleman's toy, not for anything useful. And doctors debated for a really long time about their usefulness in the medical field. Hmm. Most of them for a long time were like, this is pointless. It doesn't do anything. Which is mind-boggling. Because <laughs> microscopes are a big reason of why we know yeah, so much yes. about science. It's wow. fascinating. Victorian age surgery was horrific, but also a lot of stuff became better during that time. Yes. I mean, it's usually needed for stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Um, dire straits help you become better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> crazy. Victorian age surgery. Nuts. Yeah. yeah. Pretty crazy. Well, thank you, Eric. That's my history of yes, Victorian well surgery. Pretty fun. Well, well done, Kind of scary. Yeah. But pretty it's fun. Terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> well, after that, Glad we'll, take a, we'll <laughs> yeah, take a right? trip to another house of death. Yeah, Gavin's Corner. I'm Gavin's glad Corner. You're finally seeing it. Hey, I think it's a good thing. <laughs> time him, gentlemen. Time him. Hey guys, welcome back to Gavin's Corner. Just wanted to give you guys some fun facts about the human body. Did you know that the average human can go about three weeks without food, but can only survive a week without water? Ooh, bad news for you people stuck in the middle of the desert with no food or water. You've got about a week to live. Why are you listening to this? Just go, go save yourselves. You've got better things to do. Get out of here. Go. Ooh, that was a quick one. Wow. <laughs> so? I think he's getting faster. I think he is, too. 
He's getting he's smarter too. Eventually, he'll be here with us. He's learning. He'll take over the world. <laughs> he'll be here with us. No, he won't. We wouldn't allow it. One of these times, I think we might have to have him as a guest. We will. There will it happen. Whichever one of us is non is going to be in the corner. Oh. No one puts no. baby in the corner. No one in the corner. <laughs> All right. Let us do segments. Segments. Segments are a fun little time where we each have our own segment, as you would call it, <laughs> where we like to yeah. explore some yeah. things and educate some things. And uh, the goal for me this time is to not sound as dumb as I did in that last in the discussion. That you didn't, you didn't sound dumb. dumb. Thank now you, you know how smart. Now you know how I feel every single time. <laughs> oh, thank oh, you. I am. <laughs> All right. Who is going first? I think it's you hitting lead off this time, right? Is it you or the dad? I let off last episode. So Eric finished me, last Eric, episode. So, so you I think it's going. me, yeah. yeah it's Eric hit lead off. And then Casey? And then me. And then Brandon. Then Brandon. Me and then I'm closing now. Oh, cool. Yes. Great, great, great. Well, as you know, um, we've worked our way around. We talked about it last time, but we've worked and our way around. And the time before. And the time before. before. They're just like a broken record. Record, record. Anyways, uh, just like a broken record. Just like a broken record. <laughs> we're back to Eric's Cooknuck. And we couldn't be more excited. I'm quite excited. I, well, I think See, I could be more. be more. Oh, we could. I think could. I could be. I could. Well, let me tell you I don't have a meal today. in front of me. Well, and I didn't. I, I didn't asked get you comment. before, and you said you weren't hungry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway. What did you make? Uh, this this time? week I went for something a little bit easier. Um, then a boiled then, uh, <laughs> then a boiled egg then a fried no, egg then a breaded egg breaded egg. A breaded egg is a little bit hard a boiled yes, egg is. is quite easy but a breaded egg takes finesse yeah I will say it it does well, but you did shallow it. you did you shallow fried quite I well it, I think it turned out pretty good yeah. anyways what did you do this week this week we made meatloaf huh yeah meatloaf is something that you don't think about too often as being like a big deal no and it's not that big of a deal I'll say it I'll say it right now. Phineas and Ferb had a song about it. Did they? Mm-hmm. Wow. Anyway. Never. Right. Anyways. Uh, meatloaf is pretty easy to make. Uh, I think the hardest thing is mashing it. Um, is there a technique that you kind of got down when you mashed yes. it? Yes. Uh, so when... I'll explain. I used a lot of beef and then like an onion break or like Ritz crackers for that little bit of like crunch in there. Uh, ketchup, mustard, and I ate two eggs. Anyways, um, but you have to like mix it up with your hands and stuff because a regular mixer or spoon is just not going to get it good yeah. enough. The thing that I think makes the difference is not like kneading it like bread because that kind of just doesn't really it's do like anything. Pizza dough, you got to toss it. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, you got to like aerate the meat, squish it through your fingers, and it's a terrible feeling. Could you stomp it like grapes or tomatoes? I guess, but. It might not get it done. The thing that you mm. want to do is you want to integrate <laughs> the little the little bread particles and okay. the and the egg in with the meat. Into so you gotta you gotta it. squish it in there more. Yeah. So you kind of gotta spread it thin and, and make sure it's all kind of one thing. So. Okay. I think it. I think the squishing it through the fingers thing is the most important thing because I was doing a kind of a folding thing mm. originally. You know, like grabbing it on the edges and folding it in and pushing. Typically, it down. like uh, like a knead. Yeah, like a knead, and it's it's not the same. Mm. It's more of a. It's a different medium. Yeah, it's a different medium. What was it's not quite your the same goal. favorite thing about doing it? Though? My favorite thing about it was probably that too. It's, it's kind squishing. of squishing. Yeah, it's it's squishing is the whole experience. Yeah. It really is because okay. after that you just kind of pack into into a log. Yeah, or a loaf. 
a loaf, yeah. you would say, and then you cook it. And the cooking is easy. You just set it in an oven for 350 degrees for an hour to a half, oh, depending on if it's frozen or not. I'm excited for our audience to have the recipe. Of course. It'll yeah. be on the website. Um, but uh, I will say a hard thing about it is portioning it. Because yeah. you can make a big old meatloaf. Yes. And that's going to be good. Great big. Right. Big one meatloaf. Ten pounds of beef. You make one lock. Yes. I was, like, I, I was about. I don't know what's larger than a loaf. Meat log. A log. Yeah, I think yeah. so. A log. Meat yeah. tree. Meat tree. Meat tree. Meat tree. You can fly. Meat tree. You can fly. No. So I'll, I'll say. I think the cooking part of Eric's cooknook for this one was really easy because you just throw it in the oven, right? But the actual like preparing of it was the challenge this time and i don't think i was challenged this time so i think next week we're gonna go a little bit harder we're gonna make something fun i'm thinking maybe bread Ooh. or something else okay so we'll find out it's a little bit shorter of a cookbook today brandon's had some of the meatloaf that i made yes brandon on a on a scale of like i don't know you make up your own scale look how would my you dad it? makes meatloaf and i've had it my whole life maybe i've become sour on meatloaf okay because i have my dad makes a lot of meatloaf. I think uh, if the meatloaf my was dad, sour, it wasn't made correctly. My dad, my dad's meatloaf is, is good. Maybe I'd like it more if I took a break from it because I have it. Way, I have it too much because my dad likes good meatloaf. So he likes meatloaf. But that being said, Eric's is a meatloaf that I haven't had that often, and therefore I liked it a lot more. Uh, Give it an eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. Eight logs. out. Of, eight out eight of out ten, ten logs. logs. All right. Like a like a sizable Paul Bunyan type. Ooh. Oh, yeah. all right. You know. I'm happy with 8 out of 10. Thank you. So are you I saying you'd like meatloaf more? It's just kind of like a pumpkin pie situation with you? Yeah. For those listeners who are just, just jumping right in. If I need a break. I get you. Yeah. I like this meatloaf more than my dad's meatloaf, but that's okay. just because I have had my dad's meatloaf so much. A lot. That's okay. fair. Casey will be having some of the meatloaf at another Eventually. time. Yeah. Yes. Eventually. Eventually. Anyways, that's my segment. Quite nice. Christmas. Thanks yeah. for stopping by. Really Hope you enjoyed the smells. <laughs> that's the catchphrase that's the catchphrase that's I'm sticking catchphrase. with it alright now it is my segment which is the random Star Trek generator the final frontier final frontier there we are Standard, random Star Trek generator we um forgot to roll for it last time we rolled for it briefly after the episode unfortunately you didn't get to hear that I'm deeply sorry um we got number 627. The basic premise of Random Star Trek Generator is I've taken every episode of Star Trek with the exception of Discovery because it's ongoing and we can't just add a new episode every time. It will just be harder for us to keep track of. So we're doing every completed series of Star Trek. We've added all the numbers up and we hit random num- We pick a random number from in there within a random number generator and then we watch that movie. Well, I watched that episode, the corresponding episode. So, for instance, this week I got number 627, which gives me Season 4, Episode 4 of Star Trek Enterprise. So, I've never seen Star Trek Enterprise, so this was a this was a first. A doozy. But there's a reputation for Star Trek Enterprise. As the worst one. Who, yeah. The worst Those one? Those of you who aren't Trekkies it's out there. It's regarded as the worst one. What? Yes. So, is that Picard? No. no. It's Archer. Archer? So, Star Not Trek... Not Sterling. Star Trek heard it. takes place in the 23rd century and the 24th century. Next Generation and all of them. Next Generation Voyager and Deep Space Nine takes place in the 24th. 
the first Star Trek takes place in the 23rd, and this one takes place in the 22nd. It's a prequel it's a to all of it. Yes. Ooh. So usually Star Trek opens up with this nice like sci-fi intro. Sleek. Sleek. This one is a soft rock intro. Ooh. About like remembering our roots. And there's like people like guys walking from jets real slow and like Neil Armstrong or an a- another astronaut. And it's like, we come again. I don't really know exactly. Oh, but it's like man. a soft rock completely out of, out of like left, left field. field. It doesn't make sense for Star Trek, but it's there. Um, and I noticed something pretty fun. Uh, right off the bat last time we did this i got the episode data's day from star trek next generation data is played by brett spiner mm-hmm. and uh, the whole episode was about data trying to prepare for this wedding this episode was about uh, was about um, captain archer teaming up with a dr soon dr soon was played by brett spiner <gasps> what brett spiner's episode and i got both of them <laughs> Neat. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Boy Dad is back. Well, his actor is. Um, so in some miraculous way, I got the Brett Spiner episode for both. I and think I think we should rename great. this, this <laughs> segment Brett Spiner and Star Trek. Um, so the episode starts with a group of humans attacking a Klingon bird of prey. It's revealed that these are no ordinary humans. They are genetically advanced humans created by Dr. Eric Soon. This is revealed to us by Captain Archer interrogating Dr. Soon in prison. Whoa. Now the two must team up to find the genetic humans and stop them from starting a war. That's the premise of this episode. Here's some fun things I liked about it. Um, for the first time I've ever seen, they used a transporter as a weapon offensively. So this ship just flies up to him, beams up some people, and flies away. Oh. Um, that doesn't seem like a weapon. I mean, it's like as an offensive maneuver. Okay. Um, the wrestler The Big Show is in it. What? Yeah. Um, and Brett Spiner's show. And Brett Spiner's kind of fun. That's about the only things I liked about this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so some things I didn't like that much. I'm not a fan of the costumes. Um, they're kind. Of, so are they I, worse? Yes. So I've never been like very into the costumes for the show. They're blue. All of them are blue. With a with on the shoulder there is a highlight like seam of their position. So like Archer has a seam of yellow. Like on the shoulders. When you say oh. a seam, how like is it a seam that's very unnoticeable? No, it's noticeable. It's like an inch thick. Oh, okay. It goes around so the a shoulder. Band, more like. Kind of. Sorry, I just think seam, and I'm like a single strand of thread. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's not very thick, but it's noticeable. That seems silly. That they're um, all blue. Yeah, I think they wanted to go for like an like an astronaut feel. Okay. Or something. 22nd century. They're still working on it, I guess. Yeah. It's... This is the costumes for the show. Oh. Oh, that is. That's lame. That yeah. Is... That's really lame. <laughs> so, my problem is... I didn't... I've never liked these costumes anyway. But a lot of them... How can you tell who's a red shirt? He's got... There is no red shirts now. There are no red shirts? No red shirts. Anyone can die at any time? Yeah, I, I mean, you. the main... It's just an ends in... There's, oh. there's some guy that's like, I don't want to die. Or and whatever. then he dies? But he, no, he's oh. um, But it's... I've never been a big fan of the costumes in the show, but in this episode, they were all just wearing like normal clothes. Normal people clothes? Yeah. Did they like, say why? Nope. Archer just leaves to like look kind of normal. He's wearing a button-up with a jacket, and that's... 
That's it. And it looks... And there's a time where, like, the whole crew is dressed like that for no reason. Are they on uh, the ship dressed like that? Yeah. What? At one point, they are, they are. They switch back into their, like, blue stupid stuff, but... They're dressed They're blue. just dressed... It's just dumb. Um, I don't like it. And also, too much is going on. Like, shortly in, they get Dr. Soong to go and get the humans, and then a bunch of crew is kidnapped by Orion slavers. And then the doctor and the captain have to go team up to get the crew back from the slavers. Um, but they still have to fight those superhumans. But they have to go and stop the metahumans as well. Um, That's too much. Yeah. At the same time, there's also this weird plot going on about the metahumans of who's going to be the captain of the, stip- of the ship they stole. Um, and I'm also just not the biggest fan of Archer. He's fine. Um, I just feel like he's a little too old. I feel like they should... If they wanted to actually, like, do this whole, like, modern take on Star Trek or whatever, they should have picked... I haven't seen Discovery. I'm sure it's better. But they should have picked, like, a Commander Shepard type. Probably, like, a young upstart who's willing to do whatever it takes upstart. to save the universe. Yeah. And that's not necessarily the... That's kind of just a very bare-bones assumption of Captain Commander Shepard. But he's still better than Captain Archer. Like, if you want, like, a tough guy, fine. But, like, I just don't like Archer, really. Okay. Um... Eventually, they save the crew. The doctor betrays the captain, and the enhanced humans sort out whatever they wanted to sort out. The Orions, however, are not very happy and attack the attack the ship again. This is also like thirty-five minutes into this forty-minute episode, oh, no. so they haven't come to the the enhanced humans at all. They're nowhere close to them. And then all of a sudden, enhanced humans show up and save the Enterprise. There we go. Um, the enemy is the savior. Um, all luckily, the enhanced humans there save the day. They quote Nietzsche, take back the creator, who is the doctor, and he gives a cool line about, like, you better start go back to Earth and start learning Klingon or whatever, because they're going to start a war. And then we get a to-be-continued for our efforts. <gasps> um, There's a follow-up. I'm not going to watch gonna it. You're not going to get it for unless, a long it gets the time. unless I get 628 next time. Uh, I didn't like the episode. Uh, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be, but I didn't like it. It just All felt right. like a chore to watch and nothing of, was happening. On a scale of 1 to 10 logs, what would you rate it? 1 to 10 logs? Well, logs is meatloaf. Yeah, this is... This yeah, is but that's like, the scale um, for the episode phasers? that we've already said. Huh? Phasers? They don't use phasers. They don't use phasers? No. Poor uniforms. Poor uniforms. A scale of 1 to... of one. To, um, I'm going to give it one two, blue no. 2 blue uniforms. No. 2 blue uniforms? 2 blue uniforms out of 10. If I were to rate it, so of all the Star Trek episodes I've seen on this segment, I'm going to give it second because it's only the second one I've watched. (laughs) But in the grand scheme of things, I'd probably put it in the 700s. We're going to keep a grand total on the website of your ratings. Yes. So this is going to be number two. Yes. Just like on Top Gear. And just gradually get pushed down. It's gradually get pushed down until it's 707. Until it's 707. Yeah. Wow. Thanks, Brandon. Well, thank you. Remind me the title of that one? Of the episode? No. I don't think we asked. You did not ask. I want to know. No, you don't want to know. Can you show me? Yes, I can show you. Something's familiar about those strangers. You're going to get a copyright struck. (laughs) (laughs) This episode is called Borderland. Ooh. Wow. I like it. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, Okay. thanks for the number generation. Thank you. Oh, Pretty what's random. the next number? We should. Oh, roll it right, right now. Sure, we can do that now. Put it in there right now. Okay. I feel like I think me or Casey get to push the button. Is there a button to push? I mean, like it's on my phone. Button. But yeah, if you like want to push button. it. Uh, who wants to push the button? Rock paper scissors. Rochambeau. 
116, I got another Star Trek, I got another Star Trek Next Generation episode. Yes! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here we go. That's exciting. Brandon's going to be pumped next time this segment comes around. <laughs> Maybe. So it could excited. be real bad. It could be real bad. But you know, it could be a cool one where they let Patrick Stewart stretch his legs. We get some Shakespearean acting in the, in, the, in the holodeck. Speaking of Shakespeare... No, buddy. It's etymology with Casey. Oh, yeah, that's right. And it's not one of the words that Shakespeare invented. Oh. This week, we're talking about quiz. Quiz? Quiz. Quiz. Q-U-I-Z. Q-U-I-Z. Quiz. Cool. Quiz. So, there's a famous story about how quiz was invented. Mm-hmm. Quiz was invented in, and I want to get the details right. The story goes that, uh, this is on the OED's website, so I'm going to trust them. Okay. So they've... Uh, Richard Daly made a bet that he could, in 48 hours, two days, make a nonsense word that was known throughout the city of Dublin. The public would supply a meaning for this word. They would decide. Functionally, they would make a quiz to decide the meaning of the word quiz. So after a performance one evening, he gave his staff cards with the word quiz written on them, and he sent them out. Go write it on walls. Go hand the cards to people. Find a meaning for the word out in Dublin. I came back, and quiz was a part of the meaning, a part of the lexicon. I always thought this word, this story was true. Is it not? Thinking about it, it doesn't make sense at all. It doesn't make any no, sense. No, it makes non, non, right. it's absolute nonsense. Because it shares roots with, a root with other words. Also, it's a bet. <laughs> I feel like that's a good thing. Like, throw. other words that mean almost the same thing. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> this is my segment. <laughs> Stop talking. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. There are all kinds of tells in the story that should have tipped me off. This is fake. <laughs> Man. This story came out in... was originally set in 1791. That's when this was supposed to have happened. 1791. The, the first time hadn't come around The yet? first time this was published was in 1875. God. Was when this story was published. <laughs> the word, however, was already in use in 1791, meaning an odd or eccentric person. Really? Quizzical. No, just a quiz. No. He's a he's a right quiz, he is. Right. And had been used in this sense by Fanny Burney. In her diary entry for June 24th, 1782. Fanny Burney. Burney. Yep. Quiz was also... You should get that taken care of. Uh, She's an interesting lass. (laughs) (laughs) Shame upon both of you. It also was a name for a toy, such as a yo-yo. Which is weird. Yeah. It's like, ah, I'm going to go play with my quiz, which is something you can't say in public now. Didn't Pee Wee Herman get a lot of trouble Around, playing with his quiz? In public, yes. In 1790, again. The word, however, is weird to account for, and it lost this meaning to question, to the current meaning, to question or interrogate like, around mid-19th century. But there are other words like inquiry. Yes, because they share a same root word. Yes. With who? The Latin word qui. Okay. And quis. And the Latin origin this is from 1847 huh 
It's still not that old of a word. 1847, to question quis, perhaps the Latin quies, who are you, was common on the first question on oral exams in Latin old-time grammar schools. Hmm. So, Weird. quies, quis, quiz. And may have been some sort of, you know, he's an odd person, it may have been slander in 1852 as a schoolboy prank for an odd person at the expense of... This person's deemed a quiz. He doesn't speak Latin. He's new to the school. There's your meaning of quiz. Wow. Yeah. Wow. People have been schmucks in every century. <laughs> <laughs> in every era. Yeah. But this that that Dublin Theatre Dow manager doubt is just it's it's a it's nonsense. Man. And I'm I'm it's disappointed. A story, it's a fun story. Maybe there's it's another a... word that's actually like that. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will find another fun one. Um, That's neat, though. Yeah, quiz coming from quiesce. Yeah. Makes a lot more sense. Like acquiesce. Right? Uh-uh. Inquisitive. We both tried. I tried. Is it acquiesce? I don't think acquiesce has the same thing. Same yeah. roots. Inquisitive, yes. We'll find out with inquiry. acquiesce, though. But inquiry, inquisitive. Quizzical. Quiz, quizzical, Absolutely. But that's because of quiz. <laughs> but, yeah. That's kind of crazy. 1847. 1847. And 1792. Thank you, Oxford English Dictionary, yeah, yeah. for your very specific when we saw a writing version of quiz. He's a right quiz, he is. Right Thank quiz you, Fanny Burney. Fanny Burney. Wow. Yeah. That's an interesting name. Do you think that was like the king where she changed it to Fanny Burney? Or? No. I think I Fanny was her name. It was a it was a common name at that point. Fanny. Fanny, yeah. Is that short for something? No. I don't think so. It might have been it might have been a pet name. Do you want me to expand etymology with Casey to expand etymology of names? I can give you origin of names. Yeah. We can do etymology of names as well. Okay. Those are fascinating. Alright. Okay. Alright. We well, might have names. We might have words next time Etymology with Casey rolls around. I'm excited for it. Awesome. Next one's going to be Hope you took notes. There will be a quiz. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> that quizies. was a very good episode. I liked it a lot. I hope you... Hope you... I hope you enjoyed. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed and write about it in your diary so Oxford English Dictionary can have a record. <laughs> I have been your host, Brandon Davis. <laughs> That's been Eric over there. And that's been Casey that talks a lot. Thank you for listening. Good night. Bye.